It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. G'day and welcome to the COB for a Tuesday. Andrew joined by Kyle and Kyle, it was a day that promised much but failed to deliver in the end. Yeah, it really did and it was a listless day's trade. We had a little bit of a sell-off at the back end of it though, which was interesting. I'm not too sure what was behind that. So we ended up um, 0.3% lower for the session, but um, there were some snap results released after the bell and that sort of scuttled futures, um, US futures. And I think our market sort of struggled to, to clamber off the lows after after that. So tech stocks leading the charge lower today. Yeah, you mentioned those futures. I think the Dow off around half a percent, NASDAQ 1.3%. So it just goes to what the market's doing at the moment, isn't it? At the moment, really with um, you know one day up, next day down. So it goes. Yeah, super, super uh, jittery too. So you get these bad results like we saw out of Walmart and uh, Target last week. And this morning it was um, Snap and, you know, investors seem still pretty trigger happy. Yeah, you mentioned Snapchat down around 30% in after hours trades. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens to that stock and Mm. other related stocks, uh, social media stocks, when they get going uh, overnight our time. Uh, Just looking at uh, the winners and losers today and, uh, well, New Farm. No, those shares took a huge dive, and that was uh, on the news that uh, Sumitomo Chemical, in fact, sold close to 16% of a block trade in the company. That was um, worth more than $300 million. Yeah, there you go. Now, it's, a, it's an interesting one. It's been a volatile one in particular, New Farm, recently. It's constantly popping up on our leaders and uh, laggards list, so plenty of investor interest, and like you said today, um, a bit of selling pressure coming through some, from some of the big boys. Also interesting, we had that uh, spin-off from Tab Corp, Lottery Corp, uh, that uh, hit the boards today, and uh, well, it finished. It was sort of singing the fours, mid-fours, I think, um, and as a result, of course, we're now seeing Tab Corp shares well, they've lost a bit there, haven't they? Like yeah. Around de- 80%. Yeah, yeah. Making that, that demerger. Yeah, a, a definitely a message that we have to convey the story behind that because you wouldn't want anyone sort of clicking into their portfolio this afternoon and wondering why there's uh, an 80% uh, number next to Tabcourt stock. But there's a good reason and uh, it's it's uh, not uh, not worthy of a, of a conniption. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've also had uh, Tech One, uh, Technology One, the uh, enterprise resource planning software company, that did very well. We'll get to that in just a moment because it was our stock of the day. But just before we do, uh, moreover, uh, Kyle, given you know some of the interviews, I guess the people you spoke to today, what sense are you getting of where we're at? Because those questions remaining, uh, whether we are close to a bottom, what we need to get a bottom, whether we still need to have some form of capitulation. Um, and of course, you know, given what's going on with the macro environment at the moment, and um, and how the central banks are tackling that. Yeah, I know. A lot of people I've spoken today have made some kind of point that we could be entering at least a bounce and a sustained bounce, or 
that we could be bottoming out a little bit. Um, and I don't know whether that's necessarily a bullish signal or a bearish signal if you wanted it to sort of be a contrarian with it. Maybe the last holdouts in the market haven't dumped their, their holdings yet. We're not at that capitulation point that we've been waiting for for a few weeks. But, you know, I spoke to, or we spoke to Alex Pakulis today. He said he's founding some really good deals there at the moment. John Noonan was talking about the technicals um, and saying that they're lining up for a little bit of a rally. And this afternoon as well, we had uh, Martin Crabb. All interviews, of course, that you can watch online, and I, I certainly recommend that you do so. Um, but sort of suggesting as well that, you know, we could be sort of hitting hitting peak fear when it comes to the, infl- uh, the, the interest rate story uh, and the inflation cycle. And, you know, maybe you start to, to allocate back into stock. So they can take it for what you will, but there was a little bit of optimism there and, and you know, some of the, the smarter people that we uh, speak to, and they're all smart in their own way, but uh, some of those smarter folks are suggesting that there could be some silver linings emerging here. Yeah, also a question at the moment, of course, given uh, prices are going up and up, how you actually can um, um, generate ongoing income in that sort of environment. So where do you look? And we did hear from David Lane from Ord Manette, um, perhaps not surprisingly, looking at the miners, you know, the big, I mean, you know, you look He's at He's a the, pro, you stick to, stick to what you're good at. He's good well, at you know, the, the, the top 10 um, income earners, I guess, as far as dividends, you know, yeah. at, uh, you know, a lot of those are Aussie miners. Yeah, and we're still, yeah, we're still seeing that strength come through, even despite those jitters we've seen in the last couple of days out of China about cases in Beijing and uncertainty about the lockdowns. I don't know, maybe it's just the welcome news that, um, and it's you know, worth mentioning, these, I think, 33 measures to boost the economy, many of which are tax cuts, and you sort of throw that on the, um, uh, the, the, the rate cut that we got on, on Friday, and maybe that's being sort of transferred into the prices of the uh, of the big miners because they were up again today, but um, yeah, still so sort of you know really big income generators with commodity prices remaining so high. Often difficult to get a read, of course, of what exactly is going on in China. Carl, what what sense are you getting? As you say, uh, so many stimulatory measures in there in place now, um, but it's a little unclear as to where they're going, particularly with their COVID strategy. Yeah, I hear a lot of investors saying that if you're looking really long term and you're fine with investing in China, and you know there's all sorts of arguments as to whether you should be or not, but if you are, these valuations are really good. You just have to wear a lot of pain along the way because there's so many obstacles. You know, when we're talking lockdowns and we're talking about how they manage the next stage of their economic cycle. But you know, from what you from what I can see, and this is in the very short term, is that all these stimulus stimulus measures are fantastic. The the rate cut that we saw to the five year loan prime rate sort of is a little bit of a white flag or the, the, the pol- uh, uh, policymakers kind of calling uncle on the um, slowdown that we've seen in the property market. That that rate there is basically um, key to, to, to pricing mortgages. So clearly they're stepping away from that kind of, um, I suppose, crusade that they went on last year. So that's one positive signal. Another positive signal is the fiscal side of things. But as we know in Australia, if you have COVID rolling around or, or washing around in in your country you don't have vaccines and lockdowns are your only blunt instrument it's all kind of you know ends up being pent-up demand and until lockdowns sort of end and society goes back to normal that's when you can sort of really be optimistic about economic activity so again the the, the smart people in the room say that the valuations here are attractive but there's so much water to go under the bridge because we don't know how they're going to manage their COVID situation from here and they still seem pretty stuck on that COVID uh, that, that dynamic zero approach yeah, you only have to look across the border at North Korea, which um, looks like a horror story at the moment, given that population is not vaccinated at all. Mm. So um, we uh, we really um, hope that they manage to get through in uh, in North Korea. Um, Kyle, just uh, taking a look at what else went on today. In fact, I've noticed that uh, Qantas also uh, 
purchased a majority stake in the online travel business Trip a Deal. Mm. Uh, this sort of goes hand in hand with its uh, frequent flyer program at the moment. Um, actually, you know, more and more, um, Alice and Simon are speaking to us, sort of um, saying Qantas is in a, in a pretty good position now. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're the, the business, the management obviously thinks so because they've gone on this sort of acquisition spree in, in some senses. They're, they're, they're really looking to expand quite aggressively and... I mean, you know, the, I think the macro behind the the airline industry or travel industry broadly is pretty well known, um, and things are looking, you know, fairly robust. But, you know, they're geared to growth, I guess. And yeah, a lot of the analysts that we do speak to, like you said, um, seem to have this view that um, they're they're looking to, to to grow quite aggressively and and come out of this kind of slump that they've seen in the last few few years. Um, you know, with uh, with a with a real sort of concerted effort to expand. So. Um, I haven't seen what the share price is doing, but uh, you know we, we do know that it has been um, one sort of benefact, uh, beneficiary of that uh, that upswing in travel. All right, to um, the call today, uh, Koshi speaking to Mark Gardner from Macro Capital and Mark Morland from Team Invest, taking a look a look at uh, Technology One. Uh, half year profits there up twenty percent, and uh, this goes to the acceleration of customers in its uh, global SaaS solution. So, uh, I guess the question put to them, uh, what do they think of Tech One? One of the things that really stands out about TNE is its earnings stability. Yep. It's actually got the highest stability, I think, of any company in the country. Uh, it's at 90, currently running at 99.1% stable. In other words, its earnings Great. growth is linear, and that has been linear yep. for 20 years. Wow. So, what you want, from our perspective, yep. is when yep. we're looking at a company, a comp- the return you get from an investment is all about... Uh, earnings first, like what are the earnings growing at, and all things else being equal, that will dictate what dividends you get and what capital growth you get over right. time. It has pretty much the opposite characteristics of most technology companies, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. So um, it's got no debt. Um, really, the only headwinds I could find was potentially um, the rising employment costs, but look, they've, they've increased their dividend very consistently every year. Um, the revenues were up 21%. They had a record half one um, profit. Um, they're looking at their profit margins improving uh, up to 35% over the next um, over, the, over the next sort of six to 12 months as well. It's the sort of thing that it's all the uh, the traits um, of a company you're looking for at the moment. Yep. All right, so that was a double buy. That is not bad in the current environment. So that tech one goes through to the investment committee for a decision as to whether it goes in the portfolio. That's 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 a good one. Yeah, keep an eye on that one. All right. So let's look forward to uh, tomorrow and Carl, a bit of data coming to us, uh, skilled job vacancies, we know how tight that is at the moment, yep. uh, also construction work which is not a bad pointer as to what's going on in the economy. Yeah definitely and we're starting to get those GDP partials rolling through now which will come through next week on the Wednesday which will be the first Wednesday of, of June so um, you know, fairly significant. I haven't seen the forecast on what GDP is supposed to do. I'm not too sure if they're publicly available yet. I'll stand corrected on that. But, um, you know, two weeks away now, if we look at it from that perspective, from a, an RBA meeting and the market's still pricing 25 basis points, so it's all important. And, of course, uh, central banks keep moving. In fact, uh, what this week we've got um, RBNZ. Tomorrow. Lift, In fact, that is tomorrow, yeah. Lift another 50. Uh, Bank of Indonesia, Bank of Korea, I think... I think uh, Bank of Indonesia looking to stay for the moment, but uh, ultimately um, lift 
but uh, look, just goes to the heart of the, the problem as far as inflation is going at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and we're still having those discussions every single day, and uh, that was really the focus of my chat today um, as well. We on the uh, the big picture, it was about is inflation starting to peak? The short answer, not yet, um, but the markets can see through to the other side of this. So. Uh, potentially the end of the year, and uh, maybe even you know bond yields are starting to top out a little bit as uh, as well. Well, yeah, interesting that uh, the market's now pricing in a rate cut in the states for 2024. Yeah, I know, and we thought James Bullard was crazy for mentioning it on Friday night, <laughs> yeah. but uh, the the markets have fallen in line and fallen in suit. And uh, I mean, I was talking about it with Martin Crabb this afternoon, and. Uh, he sort of said that, I mean, it's always a bit of a Rorschach test, uh, test isn't it? What, you know, you look at those futures curves as to what they actually mean. Um, but he sort of says that maybe the markets are pricing in that the Fed is really going to induce quite a slowdown with these with these rate cuts before the, the end of the year um, and that we could see a little bit of a growth scare and the markets are reflecting that with the potential for cuts going into 23 and 24. Potentially something to look forward to, but of course that requires considerable pain in the meantime. Exactly. And you know what? I think uh, that equity market volatility that we're seeing now and it's being reflected in corporates um, is about that potential contraction in earnings. So, um, yeah, I think uh, still still some pain to be felt in markets. That's that's a lot of what I'm getting from uh, investors. That There are opportunities out there, but you've got to wear a little bit of pain in the meantime. All right. Well, until tomorrow, and who knows what that will hold because uh, given the current market at the moment, we don't know, is it up? Is it down? Yeah. We'll find out tomorrow morning when you join us again here at AusBiz. Have a great night. See you later.